The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Do it live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick show, the post-game show, the post-game wrap-up of the Giants' 30-12 to loss, their defeat in San Francisco against the 49ers. Chris, you and I were talking just before the show. It was a valiant effort, even though it's 30-12, to and most of the second half seemed a little bit out of reach for the New York Giants. At least they scored some points early in this game. The Giants' pressure, pressure, pressure. Wink Martindale just sent <laughs> the house against Brock Purdy, and it looked like early Brock Purdy was off a little bit, but then he ended up stabilizing Debo Samuel and George Kittle. I don't know if, if a single giant can tackle them individually. It was a group effort out yeah. there. A lot of poor tackling. Micah McFadden looked good. Where do you want to start, Chris? Yeah, I, I think we should probably just, we can talk about the the game overall. Like like you said, it was a valiant effort by the Giants. They fought. They they gave it their all. They kind of threw the kitchen sink, at least as much as you can on a three-day turnaround at the 49ers. They did as much as they could on offense to keep San Francisco's pass rush under control. And then they did everything they could to pressure Brock Purdy. And this really was kind of Purdy's worst game as a pro through about two and a half quarters. Then, you know, once, like you said, once he stabilized, he started hitting those throws that you kind of expect him to make, uh, San Francisco kind of walked away with it. Yeah, San Francisco, it's really hard to stop that rushing attack. It's easier yes. said than done, to say the <laughs> least, with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, which set up the play-action boot game. I can't tell you how many times they just ran George Kittle inward, and then he went right back out, and he was wide open. No one was really on yeah. him because the Giants were just playing man coverage behind a heavy blitz package, and Purdy kudos to him he gets the football out of his hands very quickly that's why he's one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the national football league that and because he has all those damn playmakers around him it was a it was an unfortunate game unfortunate outcome i should say we also got to look at the grand scheme of things even with andrew thomas and ben bredesen chris we were going to be going into san francisco thinking oh man javon hargrave nick bosa javon kinlaw all of these guys and we didn't have either of those giants had to start shane lemieux they had Josh Azudu at left tackle and then Marcus McKethan making his second start at right guard against one of the best and more formidable defensive lines and defensive fronts overall with Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And yet it wasn't the most embarrassing loss they've had this season. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I have to say Daniel Jones did a good job of evading the rush and helping out the offensive line. Uh, 
special shout out to John Michael Schmitz. He played well. A lot of times he was doing a very good job of setting the depth of the pocket and giving Jones some place to step up. Uh, NFL Next Gen Stats hasn't updated for a while. Uh, they're so far behind. They only have Brock Purdy with one touchdown. And so we know that's off. But the last time they updated, Daniel Jones actually had a time to throw of 2.7 seconds. Uh, Purdy had 2.42, which, like you said, he was getting the ball out so fast. But he also had to because Wink Martindale, Wink winked hard. You know, but by the, by the end of the game, Brock Purdy was blissed on just under 85% of his passes. That is absolutely insane. Got to find some way to throw off that rhythmic passing attack. A lot of West Coast concepts. Everything's quick. We saw the cornerbacks. That's why I love watching it from the sky view on Amazon Prime. We saw the cornerbacks whenever they lined up in a twin set, whenever they lined up with two wide receivers on a single side. That outside corner cornerback, if it was to the field, was playing inside shade, forcing, if they wanted to run an out route, a pass over the top of them. And the reason they were doing that was to stop those slants. And we saw in the first half, Chris, Dory Jackson, Deontay Banks, Trey Hawkins, the third drive through Debo Samuel and whoever the outside receiver was every time they ran those quick slants because San Francisco loves to run quick slants at a quick game and they also love to use the RPO. And when you have those linebackers flowing so hard towards the, the rushing attack at the RPO level, you want to have those cornerbacks drive through so there's not a huge void in the middle of the field. And I felt like the Giants did an okay job at driving through the catch point, forcing incompletions. And I was like, oh man, are the Giants going to get an interception? We almost had a couple on the first drive. Brock Purdy was pretty reckless with the football and his accuracy was off. But as I said a little bit earlier in the podcast, that stabilized. And then that throw to Debo Samuel against Dory Jackson that went for a tutty was, that was pretty precise. And that was a great catch and finish by Debo. It, that really was. And I have to say, I was impressed with Ronnie Bell's, uh, with his ball skills, both on the touchdown that he caught mm. Matched up with, uh, was it Deontay Banks he was matched up with, or was it Hawkins? Yes, it was Banks. Yes, yeah, that was just impressive ball skills by him. And then on that tip drill, which another week, another tip drill in a Giants game. Uh, unfortunately, the wrong team keeps catching it when the Giants have a tip drill. But this time, Ronnie Bell actually came down with it, and it, it almost looked like he was fielding a punt out there. So, that was impressive for the seventh round rookie, but again, it, it just another it case of two later in the game as well, Chris. Yes. Hufanga with the interception off of Waller. Yeah. I think that was catchable by Waller. It seemed like Waller and Jones in the uh, fourth quarter of that game, the third quarter of that game in the second half, I should say, it's just, they weren't on cue with each other. There were a lot no, of close weren't. calls and just couldn't secure it. Yeah. The, just before that, the drive before that, you had that third down play where, you know, Jones had pressure in his face, but then he threw high and behind Waller. Waller was just basically just able to get his fingertips on it. And it, it really did seem like the two were just off, particularly in the second half as the pressure started to mount. And really a lot of the things the Giants were had to do to slow down the San Francisco pass rush kind of stopped working. Let's talk about Jalen Hyatt for a second because i see a lot of people nope. on twitter saying why isn't jalen hyatt out there and i understand the frustration but as of right now so young in his career as a rookie yes. jalen hyatt is the field stretcher that's what he is that's how the giants are using him they only used him on one non-vertical route against arizona and that was the flat with three by one set and he was the number three that's all they did everything else was seam go post corner that's it and in this game 
The Giants didn't have the time to have those long developing routes manifest themselves. They attempted on, I think it was their third drive when the score was three to three. Big defensive stop, forced a punt. They wanted to run a play action. I'm not sure if high it was on the field, but they wanted to run a play action deep shot on first and 10. And Nick Bosa ended up sacking Daniel Jones because you're not fooling these well-coached yeah. teams with the bootleg anymore. Daniel Jones is fast. Everyone knows it. And you can't have a, a tight end account for Bosa on that. Bosa's way too good of a player. Maybe you could do that against an O'Shane Zimenez or a player like that. You can't do that. And it was a bad play by Daniel Bellinger as well. He was just late off the snap. You just can't do that against Nick Bosa. And that absolutely murdered and killed that drive, gave the football back to San Francisco, and they proceeded to go on like an 11-play touchdown drive after that. Yeah, and it was almost kind of lucky that Jones stopped about half a yard shy of the goal line. Otherwise, that could have been a safety if he had kept retreating instead of basically giving himself just enough of a forward progress to basically set a line in the where the sack happened. You know, that was a bad play by Bellinger. That was a great play by Bosa. And like you said, the Giants, the, they just didn't have enough time. This wasn't the right defense for Jalen Hyatt. Yet he's a good route runner. He will become a good route runner, but he just doesn't have the repertoire yet. He still has development to do. And, yeah, I was, on the other hand, pretty impressed with Wandale Robinson. He looked pretty quick out there for a guy going against a very good defense in his first game back after an ACL. That one pivot route he had to the outside, I was jumping. I was like, throw the football, Wandale. <laughs> throw the football, Daniel Jones. Wandale <laughs> Robinson, he looked very smooth. Looked like he hasn't lost a step from last year. And it wasn't like he was a full-time player out there. But when he was out there, it seemed like Daniel Jones was looking for him. He ended up having five targets in this game, caught four for 21. Look, he's not going to be somebody who's used vertically right now. But those are very important targets in this offense against a team like that where you're just trying to stay ahead of schedule you're just trying to get into second and manageable third and manageable situations then be efficient on those downs the last thing the giants wanted was to find themselves in the third and long situations and they found themselves yep. into a few and unfortunately the giants <laughs> defense got the 49ers into those same situations chris and they just blew it out their ass because three long plays in the second quarter that was just so wildly frustrating. Somebody commented it. I think it was um, Brandon Howard, and he brings up a great point. Thanks for the comment, Brandon. It burns me to see teams more physical than us, and the 49ers were more physical than the Giants, specifically in terms of their receivers and their tight end, George Kittle, against the Giants' defensive backs. The Giants' defensive backs, it was rough to watch. It really was. Now, granted, Devo Samuel is that dude's oh, a tank cool. out there. He is. Oh, yeah. He might not be the size of DK Metcalf, but he plays like it. Yeah, he he's got that dog in him. And again, George Kittle, he is not the biggest tight end out there. But even going back to his time at Iowa, he was always very, very physical. Yeah, the Giants they were physical. At least parts of their defense were physical. Bobby Okereke was quite physical. Uh, Mike McFadden had one hell of a game he announced himself tonight like he he was probably the best player on the field for the giants yeah leonard williams he had a pretty good game dexter lawrence he had a pretty not bad game by his standards yeah. but overall you're you're right the 49ers they, they kind of beat up the giants maybe not completely it, things certainly got chippy at more than a few times over the course of the game. And I think maybe the 49ers physicality played a part of that. Maybe the giants thought they were going a little 
up to the line, maybe crossing over the line with their physicality. But yeah, it, it, it was a little rough to watch. It was Trey Hawkins had a couple missed tackles. Jason Pinnock had a couple missed tackles and you just want to see the giants be a better tackling squad overall. It wasn't a problem for them last year, despite the fact that they couldn't fit the run. That was more of a structural problem. It wasn't an open, like I'm in open space and I can't make a tackle. That was the problem tonight. And again, it gets a very physical, a very good, a very elusive football team in the San Francisco 49ers. But Chris, anything else you want to touch on here before we get out? Yeah, I just want to say through the first three games, I got to say right now, the Giants kryptonite, it feels like, is discipline on the opposing team. When the other team makes a mistake, if they have a drop, if they have a a communication breakdown, a miscue, uh, a missed tackle, a penalty, anything like that, the Giants will jump all over that and feast. But when the Giants encounter a team like the 49ers, and like the Cowboys and the Cardinals in the first half of last week's game that play generally clean football and are generally executing well, the Giants labor. They might move the ball some between the 20s, but then they start to labor. And it's, it feels almost like an accomplishment to get to a, to get to a first down after they receive the ball. So like, that's something I, I want to see change from this team. I think against a, a worse defense, which there are almost what, like 28 worse defenses in the same. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. There's such a, a stout unit. I think the giants will be more efficient and you yes. also got to seize the opportunity. You can't have the ball slip through your hands. Like Gary Brightwell did when you're wide open in the flat. That was a good read yes. by Daniel Jones. It's well schemed up. It was exactly what the giants wanted against that defensive. Look, you just drop the football. That happens sometimes. I get it. One other point I want to talk about just with the running backs, Matt Breida looked pretty good whenever he got the opportunity and that was yeah. in the receiving game except for the one where i mean the 49ers covered it so well when he caught i think it was like a screen type of pass or maybe it was just a flare out and he tried to go back he fell lost about five yards on that play but the touchdown run just very determined you don't think of matt Breida as a between the tackles type of runner because he is lightning quick to the edges and he's like sub 200 pounds but he really does well getting skinny, getting narrow through the little crevices, finding them and then hitting them really damn hard and falling through contact. So I wanted to at least acknowledge that from Matt Breida because it was a pretty sound touchdown run and it was the only touchdown the Giants scored. Yeah, I, I can understand the Giants not not featuring the run more than they did because you have to lean into your strengths and their strengths are... Darren Waller, they are Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Daniel Jones picking up yards with his legs, even if, if it's after the play breaks down. With their offensive line in the state that it's in, going against one of the better run defenses in the NFL, a very good defensive front, I understand them not handing the ball off, particularly as the game kind of started to get away from them as they were you know, trailing by 11, 12 points. But you're right. Matt Breida is a good running back. And we, we've said that pretty much every time he got he gets onto the field, even going back to last year. You know, it, it would make sense to give him the ball more often, just give him more touches. Hopefully the Giants will use that pony package some more, like we saw at the end of last year, and maybe change up who gets the ball out of it. Because he is effective. He's also a pretty good pass protector. Yeah. 
at least for a back his size. Yeah, and that's important because him and Gary Brightwell were receiving the snaps. You didn't see much of Eric Gray out no. there. He didn't receive carry. And one reason why is because pass protection is an issue. Another shout out to Jamie Gillen, who I think he averaged yes. the plus a punt and he had the one punt that was just like, wow. <laughs> and we've had our Jamie Gillen last season, but so far this year, it seems like he stabilized a bit. This was his best outing. But Chris, anything else before we vacate? No, I think that's about it. Well, we've got time now. We can go get a nice, nice, good look at the tape, maybe refine our thoughts and then come back around early next week and then, then turn the page to Seattle. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you've not done so already, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast or the YouTube page and head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can check out all of our written content. Thanks. Take care of each other and have a lovely night.